Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swift Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How the dickens are you? technically on monday but actually on thursday yeah we've recorded this in advance so we can like we can just have a jolly on monday now pretty much yeah uh, but yeah it's not just a jolly it's all on the line luke uh, oh sorry yes this is the really dramatic episode yes. where everything is on the line so we're gonna quickly we don't want to take away from the, the the sort of significance and momentousness of this occasion i don't know if momentousness is a word so we're gonna quickly do one review and then go straight into the show and we'll be back and we'll have a longer talk about the ideas later so thank you Ollie187 for writing best wrestling podcast ever. I was a massive fan of WWE growing up, and when I was surfing the YouTube, I came across some of the old Kurt Angle matches. From there, I found one of your videos, and from then on, I've been hooked. Ollie and Luke, you're great. I really don't understand the hate you get, Luke. You're a boss. You both really know what you're going on about, and love the knowledge you both have about all things wrestling. Keep up the good work. I always listen to your podcasts, then go to your YouTube page and watch it all again. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Thank Ollie. Ollie 187 Great. Killing it in the name department as well. Let's get on with the show. Wrestle Ramble Fantasy Booking. <laughs> now, the reason this is so special is because up until this point in the Wrestle Ramble War, I am 4-0 up. This is the last event of the month. Luke is hasn't won anything. I have won the first fantasy booking, the uh, Raw vs Smackdown, the Survivor Series predictions, and NXT TakeOver. 4-0. It's all over and done with, right? I Luke's going to do the spicy challenge in December. Not so fast there, Swaff Nation. Because I am so confident in my concept for the fantasy booking warfare, I'm going to put it all on the line. It is winner takes all. If this was a WWE pay-per-view, we would say winner takes all Wrestle Ramble every time we said Wrestle Ramble. It's hashtag all in. How you feeling? Not confident. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's immediately not with the, the fighting talk. Oh, sorry. Um, Just so confident, man. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's about to hit you with the ideas that are coming out of my mind. And you are going to taste the taste of defeat and the hotness of the spice 
Sorry, the crap gimmick uh, promo was last month? Yeah, I know, yeah. Swish. Swish, oh, nailed it. Good start. Sorry, so I'm, if, I'm distracted by Lemsip. So, of course, this could be my downfall. Uh, I could have gone and cocky. This is the classic cocky heel narrative. Mm. Overconfident, and then you sweep in at the end. But I'm pretty confident, though. Shall we get right in to my pitch? Coincidentally, because uh, the the winner always goes first the next time we do fancy booking warfare, it's sort of worked out in a match psychology way where I'm the heel and uh, I'm beating you down, I'm giving you the shine. That's what's going to happen throughout this pitch. And hopefully the babyface can make a comeback at the end. Well, we'll see what happens um, because you have been very confident about this pitch. Not only are you putting everything on the line, you're going all or nothing, but you have been talking this thing up all day long and in fact you were talking this up all day yesterday as well whereas i wrote mine te- conservatively 15 minutes before we came in here that's not an excuse on my part if anything that is actually i've had a week to repair this and i haven't spent any time on it i just feel like my fantasy booking warfare game hasn't been amazing for about two months and i feel like i'm back with this one anyway Settle down, drink your lem sip, because here we go. Okay, the one proviso for this is Pete Dunne is not the UK champion. Okay, It just gets muddled. Uh, It's it's awkward if he comes up. So that's the only proviso. Uh, Okay, so week one. It's just a a week of Raw. And, uh, you know, you have the usual opening. It's the first match uh, after the first match of Raw. And Michael Cole, that cuts to the announcers at ringside and goes... In a sort of sports presentation, a sort of sports news way that he says throughout the day, there's been some interesting developments around WWE and backstage. Uh, here's a look at it. Cut to the video package. And it's those WWE.com network exclusives that they put up on the network and the website and YouTube where it's uh, it's like Mike Rome. Is that his name? Mike Rome? Yeah, whatever his name is. He's like trying to chase cars and stuff. Uh, and it's a video package showing one car. And who gets out of it? It's NXT Commissioner William Regal. They'd heard that it'd be coming down to Raw that day. That's why the interview team were out there. They try and get a comment from Regal as he as he end as he gets out the uh, the the car he's in with a briefcase, and uh, he says no comment, no comment. I can't do a good William Regal uh, impression. He says he's got a meeting. Uh, then, like the next clip, all in this montage, turns out that meeting is with Kurt Angle. So this is like Mike Rome saying, we have now learnt that uh, William Regal's meeting is with Kurt. And then it goes back into, back to ring, not ringside, but where the announcers are live and raw. All that stuff was previous in the day. And Cole says, we actually have Renee Young standing by outside Kurt Angle's office to, to find out what this could mean. Cuts to Renee backstage. Sort of like a, we have a thing over here called Transfer Deadline Day in football, where all of Sky Sports News weirdly all wear yellow and just stand around talking and speculating about the transfers because so you've got kind of this kind of feel like something big's happening uh and renee says the obvious speculation right now uh, we although we don't know anything much if anything at all is that they're discussing a talent signing william regal is the ge- is the general manager or commissioner or whatever of nxt uh the developmental territory so this seems like raw is going to acquire a new star who or what we don't know uh, then it goes throughout this episode it goes back to Kurt Angle's office and the door's shut you can't see anything maybe there's a little window bit with the blinds and you can sort of see some animated figures in there and they're just like you know still still waiting for an update haven't heard anything one time they go back there there's some yelling 
from inside the room. It seems like things are getting heated. And then like another one later on, uh, uh, William Regal has exited, but he's coming back to, and Renner Young tries to get a word out of him. And Regal's like, I can't talk to you about ongoing negotiations. Was that any better? It was okay. Uh, so better than your previous one that's all been going on for the for the show now at the end of the show after the main event whatever it is it's not important Cole throws to the backstage area urgently there's been a big update and Renee Young standing there with her microphone says yep they're just finishing up now hopefully we can find out who this this signing this speculated signing is Regal and Kurt walk out of the office all smiles for the cameras they know the camera's going to be there and they shake hands and they're getting you know, big smiles. Kurt's got his big goofy one. William Regal's smiling. Uh, and Regal tells Rene that Kurt's just made one hell of a signing, Lado. And he's shaking his hand. But then his smile just suddenly drops and disappears. And then he looks at Kurt and goes, they're your problem now. And walks off. Kurt now looks worried. He's got the do- like these documents. He's like, what's gone on there? And Rene says... But we all want to know, Kurt, who's the latest member of Raw? And Angle goes, member? You mean members? I just signed Pete Dunne, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. I just signed British Strong Style. And that's it. That's the cold end to the show. And then, like, the vast majority of viewers are not going to know who that is. So the secret's in the intrigue. Uh, But Kurt has to sell this like he's looking apprehensive. He was super into this idea. It seems like he's been swindled, made a deal with the devil with Regal. Now he's regretting it. Next week, next week's Raw. So Raw's been going on for a bit. And then Cole says, now last week, of course, there was a, uh, a the, story, the breaking news backstage that Kurt Angle had signed Pete Dunne, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate to Raw. Now, this new latest WWE documentary series is here to explain their background and answer the question that everyone's asking. Who are British Strong Style? And then it cuts to a three, four minute promo package of uh, Pete Dunne. The first one, no, sorry. The first one is of uh, Seven. Now, I'm just going to give you some presentation and characterization notes here because this is really the key of this act getting over. They have to look cool and unique uh, and they dress uh, how they do in their progress interpretation and that's like as peaky blinders 1930s london east end gangsters so smart but also look a rough you know the braces and the oh i come in and a bit like guy Ritchie snatch stuff but not as cartoony uh now here's the key they're not a heel or a babyface faction they're just three guys with differing personalities who are lifelong friends and accept each other for who they are So sort of like the NWO, the idea that, well, the original premise of the NWO, as Luke said before, is that they weren't meant to be anything like wrestling. And Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were just going to talk like normal people. But then Hulk Hogan started cutting the first promo like old fashioned Hulk Hogan, brother. And they were like, ah, no, this isn't what it was meant to be. So this is this is kind of that thinking. Uh, And the the three different personalities are Pete Dunne who's sort of the leader, he is a psychotic heel, like the sort of unhinged mob boss. I'm trying to think of, uh, not not Al Capone, uh, Lucky Luciano, if you know who that is, sort of like the intelligent mobster boss. But, I mean, this is Italian, I'm, it should be East End. 
uh, but who's also crazy and unhinged, but wickedly intelligent and very dangerous. Bricktop. Bricktop, I, I, a little bit like him. Uh, the leader of the group, but he never speaks. But he's very obviously the leader just by the way he carries himself. Trent Seven is the group's mouthpiece. He is supremely cool. Like, compared to this, this psychotic heel, Trent Seven's like, I want to have a beer with that guy. Like, and he is, like, he is so cool. If you don't know much about Trent Seven, he's just, he is, he just walks around like the coolest mofo I've ever seen. He's always, like, got this slight smile. He's got a big moustache and beard. Looks really friendly, but he could definitely kick your ass. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's a, so he's portrayed as the cool baby face. So he's a baby face, but he doesn't care. Really flippant and casual about everything. A lot of shrugs, a lot of smirks around. Bit like Kevin Nash. But, you know, when he's in that sort of mood. And Tyler Bate, his characterization is mute. So he doesn't speak. He's just like the expressionless, deadpan uh, fighter guy who's the young boy of the group. They've sort of taken him under their wing to train him up. But he's like freakish strength, really, really good. He is like, he's the muscle of the group, weirdly, as he's the smallest and most boyish looking. Uh, Pete Dunn's the... Uh, the psychotic heel mastermind and Trent Seven is the, you know, the sort of like mouth wide boy. So these promo things, Michael Cohen introduces the WWE documentary series. The first one is of, so it's going to be three. Uh, the first one is on seven, Trent Seven. And it's, it's all filmed in black and white. And it's like, uh, have you ever seen a Shane Meadows film? So uh, now I can't remember a single Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes. Uh, this is England. So that's sort of grim up north uh, in, in England. This I don't know how well this is going to translate to the United States, but sort of like you think cobbled streets, cosy pubs, bare knuckle boxing in smoky, uh, dingy sh barns and sheds and stuff. Uh, that's that's the kind of feel like and you have interviews with family and friends and it's all in this northern accent of England. A uh, real yeah, north. The north is grim vibe. And the first is on Seven, who is the mouthpiece, so he can narrate it himself, most of it, like, he can talk back and forth, and he can tell the story of British Strong Style, where they grew up, how they trained together, he sort of introduces the other guy's characters, that's important because they can't speak for themselves, really, uh, in these characters, how they go to illegal boxing fights, but they're, so like, yeah, a shot of in the bare knuckle illegal boxing fights, and they're just like sitting in the corner, owning the place a lot of really cool slow-mo shots of seven bait and done just walking around in their suits looking freaking awesome because that's the selling point they are bullet club levels of cool uh next week the same thing happens the latest in our wwe documentary series explaining tyler bait and it's uh it focuses on how pete dunn and trent seven took uh him under their wings and uh that how how like Bates family and friends or the people who know him he's always training in the boxing gym uh, but he doesn't really he doesn't really have any family or friends so it's kind of like the people apart from Dunn and Seven so it's kind of like uh, from I don't know the guy who makes the, the, the chippies uh, like the uh, like the local takeaway like they talk about him and the local pub the barman so no real friends or family like Bates is kind of wanderer but he's found a, a place here and then the final week of the documentary series the third one is pete dunn and uh, of course dunn doesn't speak he doesn't need to so friends and family talk about how he's the toughest and the smartest guy they've ever met like he's dangerous 
but they they all really like him. Uh, the like it has an interview with an ex detective inspector who's would be a position in our police force over here and say like we've suspected him for years of this this crime this crime this crime running illegal boxing rackets betting so you're getting like a real mobster vibe from pete dunn finance in the town but it goes to his mum and his mum's uh or an actress doesn't i don't know anything about pete dunn's actual mum uh and but she says he's the best son in the world it's sort of like this you're building up a real east end well, it's a, but it's of the north uh, sort of grimy crime family uh, and they've all fallen in with each other now after that final video package Cole announces uh, after those weeks of inductions next week they'll finally be having their first match in a little graphic next week British Strong Style so following week on Raw debut match uh, we have some jobbers already standing in the ring now they are not named people. They aren't a member of the WWE roster. So you already know these guys are losing. But that that's not to say they're like James Ellsworth. They're actually all really big, physically imposing, uh, well-conditioned. One of them is enormous. Just got to get get to find like a massive guy. So they're already standing in the ring. They don't get an entrance. And then it comes back and it's British strong style. It's their entrance. Uh really cool music you've got to give them like the coolest music that fits their characters i don't know what that is but they all walk out really nonchalantly in their ring gear but sort of with you know their jackets and their uh sort of british mobster coats on and it's built up as their first match the announcer's about to introduce them but seven grows the mic and just like you know chucks it to the side uh because he doesn't use the microphone most of the time that's too pro wrestling that the idea is for the camera to get close enough to hear Seven talking to people. And uh, Seven's like, oh, come on, mate. No, get out of the ring. Get out of the ring, mate. Uh, because they're legit. Uh, so he intimidates the referee out of the ring, then looks at the jobbers, and he, he you know, he sizes each one of them up, Trent Seven, and he goes, you. And he points at the biggest one of the three. And the biggest one walks over into the middle of the ring, along you know face to face with seven but actually this this job is so big seven's looking up at him he's bigger than seven the crowd just by seeing two massive guys in the ring are already starting to to swell in their support they're gonna you know this is this looks awesome i'm ready for a fight here they square off but then seven takes a few steps back all relaxed he's always supremely relaxed and cool and uh turns a bit and goes go on tyler mate and tyler Bates steps up you know looking a little bit preppy and uh, just sort of stretching up a little bit, a few squats. He steps forward. He is so much shorter than this guy, uh, this jobber guy, this enormous guy. And everyone's like, the crowd's like, what the hell's going on here now? They're really getting into this dynamic. And Dunn and Seven aren't outside the ring. They're just standing in the corner, you know, in the in the ring, um, in the corner of the ring, not in the apron, inside the ring, because they're not like most teams. They don't do things in the usual copy and paste way. Now, Tyler Bate just raises one fist in the air like this. I don't know how much sweat I've got under my pit, so I'm just going to do this. But he would extend it all the way to the top. And uh, everyone's looking at it. The jobber's looking at it. The the announcer's going, I don't know what's going on here. Is this a taunt thing? And then out of nowhere, boof, with the other one, the sucker punch, which is a move that Tyler Bate does. Uh, and it floors the huge jobber. And the huge jobber just falls to the ground, cold, back, like eyes up. And he is not moving. Like, he's not selling it. He is just down, eyes shut now. And then uh, uh, Tyler sort of turns around 
and just casually walks back to the corner like it was nothing. Maybe there's a few squats. Dunn's looking mean. Seven's just chuckling, going, <laughs> look at that big fat, you know, fall down. Uh, now, Trent walks back to the middle of the ring and tries to push the jobber away with his foot, but the jobber's too big and he's dead weight now because he's knocked out. So he tells, go on, ref, mate, get in there. And the refs try and roll this guy. He's so big, though. Try and roll this guy out the ring. But they can only get him to the corner. So he's just still in the corner for the rest of this. This, So you imagine that there. This huge carcass that's already been felled is in the ring still. So Seven gets the next guy into the ring, who's still a jobber. We all know what's going to go down. But the jobber looks really physically impressive, too. Like, he's ripped. And uh, Seven's like, he invites a free shot. Come on. Let's see how hard you are, mate. Because Seven can... He's the mouthpiece. He can talk. And the, the jobber gives him a chop. Chop across the chest. Really loud. Trent just looks at him. Does, does not sell it. Does not step back one iota. Shakes his head. Disappointed. And then goes and delivers one of those down chops. Where you strike down rather than across. And it is so like a thud. Like a thick thud. Not a, a high-pitched slap like you get from chops. But a thud. And it just knocks the jobber straight down onto the floor. And Seven looks back at the, the rest of British Strong Style. And just like, you know, gives him a shrug. Little cheeky smile. Dunn's still looking mean. Bates looking like deadpan, uh, bemused. Uh, and then the jobber, the jobber gets up. He tries it again. Little chop. Massive chop down. Uh, so the same thing's happened. Now the jobber gets up. And he's angry. He looks at Trent. Gives him a slap in the face. Really hard slap. Everyone goes, ooh, big uh, chant from the crowd. Seven says, now that's more bloody like it. Still no selling everything. And then destroys him with a load of punches and then a spinning forearm. And it just, it takes out this, this second jobber. As soon as the second jobber falls down after in like near the ropes after that forearm, done, sprints forward and just goes for the last jobber. The last jobber didn't like even, he was watching what was going on in the other bit and just dismantles him bites bites bits of his body joint manipulation and he breaks every single one of the jobber's fingers while the refs are trying to pull him off and the commentators are putting over like this is disgusting this guy you know he's got a wife and kids to support this isn't his full-time job or whatever maybe you don't say that that's sort of it buries it a bit but uh, you know he's it's sickening pete dunn has, has destroyed this guy's hand he can't go off and do another job and uh after that, British Strong Style just get up and walk out. Uh, maybe Dunn does that to a fan at ringside, you know, just to sort of scare him. And Trent's laughing. It's all good. Uh, next week is uh, a, t a tag match. So you've got this, again, a jobber, but impressive jobbers, just not named in, a, in the ring. And British Strong Style come out. Ref's just about to start the match. And Seven says, come on, mate. Nope, we don't do things like that. Get You get out of here. And then Bait and Seven easily squash this random jobber team. But it's more of an exhibition for all their cool moves that they can do. And it's effectively a bit of a babyface exhibition match. And it's just to show how cool Bait and Seven are together. Crowd really gets behind them. The cool offense. Yeah, the whole aim of this bit is to get the crowd on Seven and Bait's side. So it's like weird. You've got this done dynamic who's obviously a heel and dangerous. But Bait and Seven pretty nice blokes it seems they just all hang out together but like that's the three-dimensional side of it i've got you know i know groups of friends who have, have sort of got that dynamic it makes it more interesting so the following week after that same again but this time it's a singles match and it's for pete dunn so 
the jobber is up for it, but same again, just before the referee's about to start it, uh, Bates, uh, sorry, not Bates, Seven's like, no, nah, mate, get out of the ring. And they just have, so these are effectively like, they're not matches. They're unsanctioned matches that they're going through here. The jobber is up for it, despite Dunn being scary, but Dunn just brutalizes him. Like the jobber doesn't get anything in and Dunn picks him apart and just stamps on joints and does all the nasty stuff. Like it's uncomfortable. And Seven and Bait are at the side like, oh God, what can you do, you know? What can you do? Uh, and Angle actually comes out and sends referees to break them up. And Trent and Bait go to stand in all the referees' ways and say, it's best if you let him finish. You're only going to hurt yourselves. So he's like, sorry, guys, this is the way it is. It's just, like, it's just like a new dynamic. And Angle looks like, I can't do anything. What the hell's going on here? The referees are sort of standing back. And Pete is just like looking at Angle, breaking every one of this jobber's fingers as the commentator's like, oh, this is sick, this is disgusting. Once that all those fingers and the hands broken, Pete stands up, walks right past Angle, not even looking at him. Angle's like, what's, what's going on here? Trent and Bate follow him up the ramp. And at the top of the ramp, they'll kind of stop. And Trent's finally got a mic. And he says, you might have noticed we haven't had a proper match yet, lads. Now, that's because we're saving ourselves for the Royal Rumble. We'll tell you who we're facing soon enough. So later on that night in the main event, Roman Reigns is defending his Intercontinental title against someone. Doesn't matter who. And it's a grueling match. And Roman Reigns hits the spear. He's just about to... to successfully defend it goes to the cover one two but the referee's pulled out what's what's happened here and it's trent seven and trent seven like just looks at roman sorry just shrugs his shoulders after he's pulled out uh, the referee reigns is angry and confused but the crowd are reacting to something off camera now it's a shot behind trent looking at roman who is standing behind roman but pete dunn with the intercontinental title championship belt in his teeth just like hanging from his teeth how he holds the uk title and uh like reigns is just looking at this guy and then dunn starts to beat up reigns then the tag team champions by this point seth rollins and roman reigns run down to help their shield brethren out but uh the, the way this is shot the camera is looking up the ramp so we can see the backs of bait and seven and the shield running down Bate just casually walks over to the bit of the barricade that Dean and Seth can't see because it's uh, you know there's a there's a blind spot there, and Bate just picks up a chair that he's brought in with him, sort of keeps it there, waits for Dean to get close enough, whack, Com takes out Dean right away, and then Bate and Seven take out Rollins, and uh, yeah, the Trent finally says after they beat down the Shield, we've decided our first match will be against the Shield at Royal Rumble for all the belts so intercontinental championship and tag belts in the following roars building up to that however many are left done there's an angle where dunn breaks all of uh, ambrose's fingers leading up to this because they're they are he's a heel and at the royal rumble 2018 shield versus british strong style because of ambrose's fingers and uh you know british strong style taking it to them they win all the belts at royal rumble Pete Dunne's the Intercontinental Champion, Bait and Seven are the Tag Team Champions, and The Shield then go their separate ways in the Royal Rumble match. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now, mine is slightly different in that uh, mine uh, takes place within a universe where Dunn is the UK championship. Um, and essentially, it, take, it follows the same as Pete Dunn's actual main roster debut uh, and the events that we've had recently where Roman has just won the IC championship and is starting his um, IC Open Challenge series. Okay. So, it's that roar in the UK where Dunn makes his debut and he beats up Enzo. Slight difference where I'm rewriting history, though, is the following night on 205 Live, where Enzo cuts a promo about being beaten up by Pete Dunn the previous night, and then Dunn comes out again from the crowd and beats him up again, just leaves him laying. So we cut to then to, you know, the following roar, the following week. A furious Enzo comes out and he cuts another promo and says that because Dunn isn't contracted as a, uh, to Raw as a cruiserweight, he can't attack him anymore. And he's basically just saying, like, you know what? It's fine. Like, he wants to try and beat me up, but he can't do it. He's not contracted to Raw. He's not a cruiserweight guy. He can't come out and hit me anymore. So I'm going to carry on my quest. I'm going to be the cruiserweight champion. I'm going to defeat Kalisto at Survivor Series, which, of course, he successfully does. Uh, but during the match, the commentators are putting over Pete Dunne. And this idea that Dunne could have come out from nowhere, maybe they, you know, they're going to try and get uh, Dunne to come over to Raw. And at the at NXT, as we've just seen this week, Dunne defends Gar- uh, defeats Gargano and retains his United Kingdom Championship. But after that match, he cuts a promo saying that there's a loudmouth with bad hair on Raw who thinks he's a Cruiserweight Champion. Well, let's see what happens when he steps to the Bruiserweight Champion. So on Raw, Enzo, now really, really pissed off about all this, responds to this challenge because they show footage of it on Raw and reminds us again that Dunn isn't contracted to Raw. He is not a Raw star. 
Angle comes out and says, well, actually, I've been negotiating with William Regal and Pete Dunne's management team uh, to come to 205 Live, but Dunne's not agreeing to the terms that we're laying out. And Enzo, just he's kind of like a little bit insulted by this. He was like, well, what makes, what's him, what makes him so special that there's terms that he's not agreeing to? He wants to have a match with me, but there are terms that he doesn't want to agree to. Like, just agree to the terms, we can have this match. So he's really annoyed about this. Angle says, but I, I'd love to be able to talk about it, but I can't go into this detail now. But we're trying to, we're trying to get this match sorted. Um, Enzo is obviously still annoyed, and he shouts at Kurt as Kurt is walking back up the ring. Who should come out from the crowd? It's only bloody Pete Dunne, isn't it? Pete Dunne gets up, bitter end, leaves him laying, runs out of the crowd once again. This next week on NXT, it's one of those uh, press conference things that they do. Like, because on NXT, they don't tend to do sort of backstage interviews. They do sort of like a, a gaggle of reporters are trying to get um, questions answered by by the stars there. And in one of these press conference type segments, Regal reveals that Dunn's mystery management team are holding up the negotiations because of Dunn's UK championship. And he says, I don't condone any of the actions uh, that Pete Dunne has done on Raw attacking Enzo. And I don't know how he got in the building. But that's all, that's all I can tell you. Following Raw, Enzo comes out once again and he demands answers from Kurt Angle. Angle says he doesn't know uh, who Dunne's management is, but they are holding up the deal. Enzo says he doesn't care. He said, you know what? I don't care about the UK Championship. If that's what's holding up this deal... They just we won't put that to one side. He can bring it with him if he wants. But for me, this is all about pride. This is me trying to def- like protect or protect my own pride. Uh, and as he's walking back up, as he's walking out of the ring, walking back up the ramp, Pete Dunne's music hits, but he doesn't come out. But Enzo's like looking around trying to find him. He's playing mind games, isn't he, old Pete Dunne? Cut to the following roar. Angle comes out and he says negotiations are finally moving forward now that Pete Dunne doesn't have to vacate his United Kingdom Championship. And Enzo comes out and uh, wants to know if he's getting this match with Dunn or not. Angle is about to answer when all of a sudden, from uh, off off camera, off screen, from from backstage, someone on a microphone says, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. Heyman comes out and reveals that he is Dunn's advocate. And I've done this because... As you have quite rightly pointed out this story, you didn't actually say it. Dunn isn't the world's greatest promo, so I feel like he needs a mouthpiece. Also, I needed someone who would be able to do the sort of negotiating on, on his behalf. And Paul Heyman cuts this promo on Enzo, saying that Enzo is dis- is a disrespect, or, and the disrespect he has brought upon the Cruiserweight Championship, bringing up names like Rey Mysterio, Jamie Noble, Chris Jericho, Jushin Thunder Liger. Those are real champions. You've done absolutely nothing with the belt but bring... Like, you know, just the worst kind of, of, you know, things. You are the worst of the Cruiserweight has to offer. He introduces the next Cruiserweight champion of the world, the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne. So Dunne comes out again from the crowd and attacks Enzo from behind. So we're now at the Royal Rumble. And at the Royal Rumble, Pete Dunne beats Enzo Amore to become the Cruiserweight champion. So he's now both the Cruiserweight champion and the United Kingdom champion. So he can do that brilliant thing where he's got one of the titles in his mouth and he holds the other one in his hand while putting the mouth up there. It just looks brilliant. Pete Dunne just comes across like a complete badass because he's got Paul Heyman in his corner and he's a money guy and he's just only fighting for things. He just he wants titles. That's all he wants. That's his gimmick. So we're now he's you know he's defending his Cruiserweight Championship and he's also been defending his UK Championship on on NXT TV and in 205 Live. So now we're at two weeks before WrestleMania and it's Roman's Open Challenge. 
and Heyman comes out to a huge pop because they can already see where this is going. The title man, the bruiserweight champion, is looking to accept another challenge. And he announces that Dunn didn't just sign a cruiserweight championship because of the UK championship situation. So technically, he's actually a Raw superstar and can challenge for any belt that he wants. Dunn comes out, they have an excellent match, loads of near falls, and in the end, Dunn spits on Roman, spits on Roman, spits in his face, and Roman just gets really mad, and Dunn uses that against him to hit the bitter end and wins. And then you've got all those photos on WWE.com of him with all three championship belts, the United Kingdom Championship, the IC Championship, and the, uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. And all this is building up to, the big thing that they're building this around, is that a WrestleMania weekend... At NXT TakeOver New Orleans, Dunn will defend the UK Championship against Tyler Bate. At the Mania Kickoff Show, he's going to defend his Cruiserweight Championship against Mustafa Ali. And then on the main show, he will defend his IC Championship against Roman Reigns, the Bruiserweight Champion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I really liked about, what I like about Pete Dunn is that he is this kind of, as you've had, this kind of silent assassin. Mm. And so you kind of need the mouthpiece. I mean, I thought, what, per, what a better mouthpiece. Than, uh, than Paul Heyman and my whole thing that I had in my mind was that like see, you have it in progress a lot when he's just got loads of championship belts and the way that he holds them he's just got this real unique look about him and that was the that was kind of my end goal and then I just really need to work out how to get there it's weird how much we we incorporated their look Pete Dunne's look into our booking because mine was all based around the 1930s yeah East, East End gangster stuff and yeah, yours was based around the look of him with all the belts. It's that's in- how good he is. It's interesting as well. I nearly went with a British strong style thing, mm. but I knew you would because of your love of trios. I do love a trios <laughs> championship. Well, you see, like, man, I thought I had it because, you know, you had him in the cruiserweight division. You had him cutting promos at the start. I was like, I don't really, don't really like Luke's booking at the moment, but as soon as you said Paul Heyman... Like it was great all the way through <laughs> to the end. Thanks, man. And like that that final bit of the uh the three matches over the two days is is really yeah. nice. That'll be that would be who like who well how would those results go? This is not part of the fantasy book, and yeah, I'm just well, curious. Well, that's the thing is because I didn't. I, I was trying to think of that myself. I was like, I'd probably have him lose the UK Championship because that then gets him yes. out of NXT. Yeah. So I'd probably have him lose that one, and I'd probably have him lose the cruiserweight, cruiserweight as well. Yeah. But at the same time, the idea I really had in my mind, the image that I was really looking forward to, was at WrestleMania on the big stage, not on the kickoff show, not at NXT Takeover, but was him with all three belts. Mm. But yeah, at the same time, it's probably better for him to lose those belts and just because then you've just got him in that upper mid cards intercontinental champion position without him being dragged down. Yeah. In the other divisions. What and then Reigns is going to face Lesnar as well. Oh yeah, well obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you know, yeah. that, that's my whole fantasy booking. Is everyone's just playing double duty all yeah. night long? Re- Reigns. Yeah, there's only like five people on the WrestleMania <laughs> card, but there's twenty matches. Yeah, Luke, I think that means Luke wanted Roman Reigns to be a dual champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. Remember that when you vote. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I particularly like your um, your video packages. It reminds mm. me of the um, the thing they stuff uh, the stuff they did with um, Roderick Strong. Yeah, of that sort of documentary series. I love that. I love the fact it's all in black and white. Mm. Although yours is very much it's an East End gangster type thing, but you're like, and you kept saying like East End gangster. Yeah. But you know, up north. Yeah, I, I just felt yeah because my mind thinks of East End, but Guy it, they're all yeah. But it's more of a. I just thought Guy Ritchie's a more translatable across the oh, pond totally, reference yeah. than Shane Meadows. 
Uh, but you should watch Shane Meadows' films. They're great. Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes is a fantastic film. Yeah, they're all really, really good. How how are you feeling, man? Like, are, are you nervous? Are you because it's all on the line for you? Like, if I if I lose here, then you know I've already lost. But for you, this all goes nipples north for you. Then it's all going crashing down. That four nil lead was for nilt. You really did stage it in the way I said in the introduction bit, which was you were on the ropes for a while. I knocked you down on the ropes, and even when you had your comeback and you were doing your pitch, I was like. No, got this i've got this this isn't this isn't convincing offense but it was a hope spot <laughs> that's all it was because then you pull Heyman to me do you know where i think uh the swap nation might uh pull you up on it'll really be, oh no have i got an error i i well i mean i'm not saying it's an error but it'd be the same thing as when i lost the survivor series fantasy booking because everyone said you didn't book San you didn't mm. book survivor series you booked the royal rumble you yeah. didn't book Pete Dunne. You booked British Strong Style. I think that's a, that's a really effective way of debuting him. Though. Well, I I completely agree, yeah. and I I'm not I'm certainly not knocking for it, but I'm just saying that there are going to be those purists. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Like those people that said that I got the Bobby Roode one wrong because he ended up on Raw when you'd put on the uh, in the title that it was a SmackDown Live debut. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was an oversight. I'm just like it's like I, obviously. We've talked about this before. We've both put so much effort into these things. I'm, I really like. I think my idea is amazing. I'm, I'm not going to be shy about this. But then I did think so was the trios. <laughs> and I lost by. I only got 37% of that. Yeah. So sometimes I'm out of step with the SWAF Nation. Well, we're or maybe I just didn't explain it well enough. Because in my head, those video packages and the documentaries mm. uh, and just the way. Because mine's all based on characterization. Well, I guess yours was too, but like them as a unit and how their characters play off each other just it was quite hard to describe that so hopefully i got it across that was tight that was uh that was as i you can probably go back and podcast listeners i recommend you watch the video version of this because i felt my face change <laughs> the moment you said paul Heyman. when you did pull, i couldn't tell whether it was a face of like oh god he's gone to this well or it was a face of uh-oh he went to that well. Yeah, it was an uh-oh. I didn't think of that, and that was a that was a masterstroke, and every, everything after that was really, really good. Thank you very much. I also uh, very much enjoyed you taking from the uh, the Luke Owen playbook of Fantasy Booking Warfare, where you do contract negotiations, yeah. but you have a, a William Regal appearance on Raw. Yeah, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to trip you up. <laughs> I thought if I start <laughs> off with that, he won't, he won't know what to do, because well, I, I assume he starts the exact same way. <laughs> That was it. As soon as I saw that, I was like, uh-oh, I'm done. I yeah. mean, he's, he's got the secret here. Well, podcast listeners, please do go over to the YouTube ver- the YouTube video version of this episode so you can not only see the moment my heart breaks when Luke says Paul Heyman, but also to vote in this uh, momentous all-in war. The loser. God, I can't believe I put it all on the line now. I should have had more faith in you. Or maybe I had too much faith in my own idea. Let's look at it that way. Let's do some quick reviews before we get out of here. Tronoton writes, Hot damn! This is the best wrestling podcast currently on the market. 
Weirdly, they've put on the market in quotes. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I don't either. know. Maybe it's because it's not really a market. Like, you don't pay for it. Yeah, maybe. But if you do want to pay for it, we do a Patreon exclusive <laughs> podcast. Every time I wake up and see your mugs appear in my notifications, all I can do is smile. Long live Wrestle Ramble. All the best guys. Keep up the good work. Cheers, yeah, Tronaton. Tronaton. Great name as well. And Ruben Johnston writes Best Wrestling Podcast, Better Than Pritchard's. We're coming for you, Pritchard. Oddie and Luke are the best wrestling podcast hosts out there. Their wrestling knowledge and their general wit and banter make for an awesome podcast. Three times a week. Would highly recommend listening to the podcast as I thoroughly enjoy it every time. Cheers, guys. There is only one word to describe this show. S-W-A-F-T. Swaft. Thank you, Thank you Ruben, Ruben Johnson. Well, we will be back with the results of Fantasy Booking Warfare on uh, Wednesday's show and our reviews of Raw and SmackDown. Love you, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.